Ladies, are you okay? No, really, are you okay? Welcome to Dr. Robin White's podcast, where we will be able to explore women's health. Because we need a voice. We need a voice to be able to uplift, support our minds, body, and soul. I want to be able to provide simple, impactful health solutions that encompass the whole woman, their minds, their bodies, their souls. And this will then enable them to walk in their destiny, bless their homes, their communities, find joy in their journey, and achieve all that God has called us to be. If we can heal, heal the woman, the we can woman. heal the world. So let's get into it. Heal the world. Hello. Is that Dr. Lillian? Hi, Dr. Lillian. Hi, hello there. Hi, thank you for joining the Dr. Robin White's podcast. It's a pleasure having you on today. We're just waiting for one of one of our other guests to join us. So we'll give them a couple minutes before we get started. And Dr. Robin, are you wanting can you hear me clearly? I want to make sure my I, sound is I can hear you loud and clear. It's perfect. Like perfect, crystal clear connection. So wonderful. wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And how are you doing today? I'm doing well, doing well. This is, I'm here in the beautiful Pacific Northwest. It's a gorgeous day today. Awesome. Not- is it raining? Because you know they always oh. say it rains there. No, it's not raining. It's beautiful today. Okay, perfect. Perfect. That's so good to hear. And I'm just so glad that you're able to join us um, because, you know, I'm in Italy now. And so it's been really hard to sync time zones and get everyone on at the same time. So I'm so grateful for you today for being able to fit me in your schedule because I'm sure you're busy. I'm sure you are busy. Yeah, what time, just by chance, what time is it there? Um, it is, right now it is 10.05 p.m. Sunday? Sunday, yes. Okay. Sunday. Okay. So it's been, um, it's been, a busy day like it's always funny because when I'm when I'm up everybody else or when I'm going to sleep everybody else is up or you know vice versa so it's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really hard but this works for me because you know I have my two little ones and so it's nice this is kind of my quiet time when the house is quiet and I can focus and you know get into my word and get into doing that recording the podcast so it, it works out perfectly Good. Well, I just want to ask you real quickly before we get started, how's your mom? You know what? My mom is doing well considering. Um, she is, um, she has been able to stay in, uh, in the midst of COVID, uh, which is kind of hard for her because she, she loves to be, you know, out and about and, you know, like just busy. Uh, so it, it's really nice that she can concentrate on just being at home. It's been hard for her not being able to just kind of get on the plane and come see her babies, <laughs> but <laughs> but um, she's she's doing good. You know, she just turned seventy five. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, she turned seventy five in September. So she she's doing she's the same spicy self you know (laughs) person um but yeah she's doing well she's doing well and um i'm I'm excited that she can still be be here 
and alive, right? Because well, a lot of people have went home to be yeah. home with yes. with their with their with their maker. But my mom's still here. My mom's still here. Yeah, I just know Bishop. How much Bishop loved her and was so excited when she came over and cooked and prepared a meal. Right, that gumbo. What she make for y'all? She make gumbo. She make gumbo. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she she loves yeah. yeah just cooking and she she just had a ball. We we had just a great time. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So um, our our other guest is having a little bit of technical difficulties joining. So we'll give her a couple more minutes. Um, I'm gonna send her the link again, just so she can um, be able to sign in. So let me try it one more time. This you know. Is one great thing to have technology, but sometimes it doesn't always work in our advantage. <laughs> our advantage, the, even when we can be very challenging. Yeah, even when we have the best plan. Um, so, but while we're waiting, um, because I just believe you know it's a good time to me and you can catch up. Mm-hmm. Oh, there, hello! There's can you hear me? There, I can. Hey, Jaysha. <laughs> oh, that was so weird. It was asking oh. me to make an account. <laughs> oh, no. No, no need to make an account. I'm just glad that you're here. Perfect timing. So thank you, Jaysha, for joining Dr. Robin White's podcast today. I appreciate your time. I was just talking to Dr. Billion, just saying how crazy it is to be living in Italy. And all of my people, all of my like connections are on the East or West Coast. So just for our audience uh, information, Dr. Lillian is coming from Washington State. She's tuning in from Washington State, which is which is considered Pacific Standard Time. And then we have Jaysha, who is joining us from the East Coast, which is a different time zone. And then here I am in Italy, which is a different time zone. So <laughs> we, live we, in a big, we live in a big, small world. Right, right, right. Right. We live in a big, small world. Well, today is our body. Um, So as you know, I I believe in empowering the whole woman, mind, body, and soul. And today's segment is is concerning our bodies. And so we're going to be focusing on our woman. So W-O-M-B, like our womb man, because we are women who have a womb inside of us and we have two experts joining us to talk about our wounds and how important it is to keep our wounds healthy to keep our bodies healthy as we navigate life as moms as uh, Christians as uh, professionals so the first person I would like to introduce to you is Dr. Lillian so Dr. Lillian Robertson was born in Houston Texas and grew up in a home where Christianity, education, and self-determination were the cornerstones of her upbringing. She's the youngest of 12. So she followed the example of her siblings who all graduated from college and received advanced degrees. She was inspired to pursue medicine after having two older brothers who became physicians. Her medical career began at Texas Women's University where she graduated with a bachelor's of science degree in chemistry. So she then earned her Doctor of Medicine degree from Creighton University in Omaha, Nebraska, and afterwards returned to Houston, Texas to attend the residency program in obstetrics and gynecology at Baylor College of Medicine, where where a lot of, Dr. Lillian, that's where a lot of uh, my colleagues go that are in the military. They go to Baylor University, um, especially the Army. 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the Army goes there. So she currently is a board-certified OBGYN physician that's practicing at St. Joseph's Hospital Medical Center in Tacoma, Washington. She is a big advocate for community service involvement. And the way we met was during my time in the military when I was studying to be, get my degree um, as, a doc- as a doctorate in nurse practice, I had to do my year of residency at Birmingham Hospital in Washington State. So that's how we got connected. And for all my military moms out there, one of the things that we definitely need when we move to a new place is a church. <laughs> so um, <laughs> Bishop Robertson, bless his heart as he rests in peace now. He was an amazing leader in the community. And he was he's just a person, Dr. Lillian, and I know you know this because you've been married to the man for over 20 years, is that he will make you feel like you can do anything, like anything is possible. And he is one of the reasons why I am here today, stepping out on faith, doing uh, faith, doing the podcast. And one day I'm coming back to that Marvin Williams Center and I'm going to work. I'm putting that out there in the atmosphere. <laughs> Look forward to it. Yes, yes. So she's our first guest. Um, like I said, she's coming from the OBGYN perspective. So she'll be able to give us a lot of insight and a lot of education on women's health. Our second guest is Miss Jaisha Pinkney. And I met Jaisha. Jaisha, you remember when we met? Like when you graduated from nursing school? Yes. Do you remember that? I do. <laughs> yes. So, um, Jaisha is an RN, but she has continued her advanced practice degree to become a midwife. So Jaisha is uh, a millennial midwife, childbirth educator, and personal growth coach who is passionate about birth, women's empowerment, and healthcare education. As a child, Jaisha always wanted to work in the medical field, so she graduated from the University of North Carolina at Charlotte in 2013 with her bachelor's in nursing, and soon after fell in love with everything involving babies. So after working in various areas of infant and women's health for several years, she knew this was her calling and decided to pursue a career in midwifery at Georgetown University. So Jaisha is a licensed midwife in Washington, D.C., committed to serving her community and improving health outcomes for minority women. So I got two powerhouses. And let me not forget, she is the CEO of She Births From Within, an organization dedicated to helping women birth what is on the inside of them spiritually and naturally. She believes everyone already has what they need on the inside to be successful, and life is all about living from the inside out. Her motto is, everything that you have to win is already within. So welcome, welcome, welcome. And the reason why I chose these two magnificent guests is because they align with my mission of impacting women with simple, holistic information to help them live their best lives. So thank you ladies for joining me. I really, really appreciate it. I can't tell you that enough, how much I appreciate you guys being here today. Thank you for having us. It's good to be here with you, Robin. Oh, yes. It's good to meet you. Thank you so much. I have to just tell this one little tidbit. Miss Robin, she remembers me from church, but the most thing that stuck out to me about meeting her is that on the first time I took my nursing test, I didn't pass it. And she was such an inspiration in my life. She drove me to take my test the second time. And that really stood out to me about her. That shows she just has such a loving, inspiring heart. And I'm just so glad that she has chosen me to be on her podcast. I know it's such a small world like yes full full circle right full circle and I think it just teaches us that we can't ever give up on our dreams like yes 
we can't ever give up no matter what is stacked up against us we always have to continue to pursue what God has shown us because Jaisha if you wouldn't have kept taking that test come on like look right. how many lives would be not blessed because of your your ministry so thank you thank you for thank you for staying the course <laughs> so thank you for you know it's really course. interesting Jaisha with, 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 with in a situation like that I always tell um, students and nurses and other professionals nobody ever asks you how many times you take it they just want to know that you passed it exactly <laughs> and that's Amen. why I also yeah. feel like since that happened to me because I feel like God uses every experience in our life to be able to minister and teach other people so when someone tells me that they didn't pass I'm like I can say oh well I didn't either and you're gonna pass so it's just that's like right. inspiration to be able to help others so that's awesome that's awesome and that's what we're here to, for today ladies so let's get into it let's get into our conversation because ultimately that's what we want to do we want to just help people live their best lives and be educated because I think uh I mean the word tells us right like people without a vision will perish and so I think in a lack of education and it says when you get get it get knowledge right get education get the knowledge so we know what to do to empower ourselves to make ourselves live our best life possible so again thank you for joining our podcast today we're going to be talking about what affects our body so first before we get into it let's define our roles and our positions in each area of our profession and how we work together as a healthcare team so as you know as dr robin white i am a family nurse practitioner by trade that's my skill that's my skill set so they kind of call us the jack of all trades masters of none i know enough to get you to the right person i know you enough to say you know what something's wrong i need you to go see our OBGYN. i need you to go see our midwifery friend over you know to jaysha or dr lillian and so as a family medicine um professional I see people when they first find out they're pregnant. So I get the call when they've missed their period, or I get the call when they're like, okay, I took four pregnancy tests and they all say they're positive. And so I, I'm the one that's running the labs, doing those prenatal, those kind of like first prenatal labs. But then I, I kind of pass them on. Now, in my new job, I do have the ability to see um, uh, normal OB patients up to 37 weeks. And I'm excited about that. But that's not usually my forte, meaning I know something to keep to take care of the healthy OB patient. But if anything goes out of sync, I'm sending them y'all way. <laughs> so um, that's kind of my role in the role of women's health. I also look at their past medical history. So I'll look and see if they struggle with diabetes or if they're overweight or if they're um, whatever chronic conditions they're bringing to the table with the pregnancy. And I kind of pack, package that up nicely put a bow on it and send them to you to you all so can you guys <laughs> so can you guys kind of tell me your your role Dr. Lillian and working with the healthcare team and what your job is well yeah I you know Robin I my I, I started out probably way longer before you guys I was in private practice in, in Houston Texas for about 25 years I moved to Seattle Washington and began uh, in marriage and in ministry joined my husband in ministry and it's really interesting how I went from private practice uh, to now the role of a hospitalist, which is I'm a laborist, and I do primarily uh, uh, obstetrics work, supervising family practice residents and certified nurse midwives. So we oversee about 14 nurse midwives, uh, assisting them with more complicated uh, lacerations and um, you know assisted vaginal. Um, 
deliveries with vacuums, uh, some forceps and things like that. But I do obstetrics work. We ha- tend to handle higher acuity, ladies with hypertension, uh, gestational diabetes and things like that. So we do the obstetrical work and the operative work that's associated with it, um, cesarean sections and cesarean hysterectomies if there's a need for that, managing postpartum complications and postpartum images. And so it gets a little involved, but it's it's all intertwined because, you know, we just kind of go move along the spectrum of, of, of wellness and taking care of women. But it's really exciting because I think I see myself as having one foot in both aspects on the midwifery side as well as on the you know the the family medicine side so thanks for having me today and uh, that's kind of what I'm doing now that's my role awesome and I definitely think it's needed because when I don't know something I'm like calling my OBGYN like what should I do what lab should I order you know and it's always good to work as a team so I appreciate all of your feedback and help during those complicated cases so that's awesome and what about you Jaysha where you where do you fall in in your role as a midwife so um, as a midwife, we typically, we do obstetrics as well, but we typically care for low risk, healthy women. So typically if you don't have any complications, um, you know, you're a healthy woman. Um, we, as some people know, we deliver in the hospital. A lot of midwives can deliver at home or you can deliver, or you can have a baby also at a birth center. So I would try to throw that out there as well. Um, midwives do have to go to school because some people don't know that, <laughs> but um, right. as um, Robin mentioned, I um, you have to get a master's degree. Um, I started off as a certified nurse midwife, but there are some midwives that don't start off as nurses, um, and they just do home birth, which is another you know sector. Um, so typically, I kind of think that I get the best of both worlds as well because, for example, as Dr. Lillian said, if if I don't um, understand something or have a more complicated patient, I'm able to, you know, reach out to one of my OBGYN partners to get help um, and to kind of collaborate, as we say, because we work together as a team. But mm-hmm. some, if I was doing home birth. Um, I wouldn't get to see, you know, as many high risk patients. So I learned so much being able to collaborate in the hospital. And sometimes a patient may have like, you know, hypertension and I can work instead of like, oh, you have to go over to the doctors. Now you can't be a midwife patient anymore. We instead collaborate, can collaborate together and I can still deliver their baby. But then I have guidance and support from one of, you know, the doctors. So I think that um, it's just a big spectrum. Like I also work with nurse practitioners as midwives. We also see patients in the office for many different things contraception infertility um pretty much any women's health kind of thing so I work with a lot of nurse practitioners in the office who may not necessarily deliver babies but they do as um as Robin mentioned that she'll be doing working with you know doing visits and things for um patients in the office so I feel like it's yes a big like we all work together at some point um and so that's kind of what we do that's awesome that's awesome and very needed because it's nice to have all the different aims and arms because ultimately we're helping the whole woman, correct? Like we're all working together to help the whole woman from coming in with a sinus infection, finding out she's pregnant to delivering their baby. So um, I'm, I'm grateful that we can all work together in that way. So what advice would you ladies give women of color to empower them um, during their visits? As you know, African-American women are probably the highest rate of maternal death 
and if you look at the ethnicities and the different races. So what kind of information would you give from a professional standpoint that sticks out in your memory the most regarding just women of color specifically um, from their OB visit or their or time on the labor deck? Um, Jaysha, what, what would be one of the things that stands out to you most about uh, specifically impacting women of color? Okay, so I have a few things, but the main thing to me is just even with all these statistics, I know a lot of you know African American women have heard about the statistics and things like that, and it's it can be really scary, you know, even when you hear about celebrities facing you know medical racism and things like that in the world. But I always remind my clients that you know your body isn't broken, you know, and that you're still capable of having a nice, healthy birth. So that's one of the things I always say. And one of the main things that I try to do as a midwife is to try to get women to advocate for themselves. And what that means is also you have to kind of take responsibility as well. So I always I'm a childbirth educator. So I always um, advise, you know, women to go to a childbirth education class so you can understand and kind of know. Because, you know, we all have Dr. Google, um, which can get (laughs) which gets a lot of people in trouble. So I always say to go. Make sure you have a childbirth education class so you can kind of know your options. Um, you can always, if a provider is not, if you're not feeling comfortable around a provider, you can always switch. You don't have to be stuck with the same person oh, and, it, and, and, point. and don't feel bad about it. It's just like we just, right. well, because some people are like, well, I didn't want to offend them. It's like, you're not offending them. It's okay. Everybody doesn't mesh with everyone. And it's right. totally okay for you to be able to pick and choose another provider. So I would say, um, taking a class, um, being able to advocate for yourself as far as who your provider is and asking questions. And if you can, I always recommend um, a doula. Um, if people don't know mm-hmm. what a do me um, as a midwife, um, we work with doulas. They're like our partners. Um, so basically what a doula is, is they help to support women through childbirth and even before. And there's so many types of doulas, but basically they can't actually catch your baby, but they can be there to provide labor support. Cause as you know, labor can go on for, a, can be kind of long, but they're there to support you, um, you know, help you with affirmations, answer questions for you. And it's always good to have an extra advocate for you if you can, because sometimes when you're having a baby, like you can't make all decision like you may be tired you don't really know what's going on so I always recommend if you can having another person to be with you and as far as the doula you don't have to be like having a vaginal birth you can have you know you can have a high risk birth and have a doula you can be having to get a c-section have a doula so just having someone else there to help you kind of advocate for yourself and those are just some things of advice and to know that you your body is great and that you are capable of having a healthy baby like as you can see I always just say that Right. So that's good. So basically your pointers to African-American women are just despite the statistics, know that your body is important, that you have space to decide on who you want to um, help you navigate those those the, the childbirth experience and to realize that you're not alone and that your body is healthy and prepared to give life. Yes. Perfect. Awesome. Okay, good. <laughs> and Dr. Lillian, what would you have to add to that? Well, you know, what I, I would add to that is, and I second that emotion as it relates to the doula, um, um, Jaysha. It's really interesting how uh, when we see doulas in the rooms with, with the patients, they do so much better. Um, they mm-hmm. relax. And I think there's some studies that show that the cesarean section rates are lower, uh, outcomes are better. Uh, so some of the statistics uh, bear 
that uh, there is a tremendous benefit in having the, that support. Um, they give us a break too. <laughs> yes, that's what <laughs> I always say. The way my patients say they have a doula, I'm like, ooh, okay. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really good. You know, the other thing I always tell women to do, please ask questions. If mm-hmm. there are things that you just do not understand, please ask questions. There's no uh, dumb question. The only question that's not a good question is the one that you haven't asked. The other mm-hmm. thing that I think, too, is just if you're told to get results, tests, make sure you get the results. Don't mm-hmm. assume that just, you know, if I don't hear from them that everything's okay. Sometimes that's not true. Sometimes your mm-hmm. chart just got stuck in the wrong place. Someone right. forgot to call you back. So ask questions. And then if you're asked to get tests, make sure you get the results. Find out, are you going to call me back, doctor? Are you going to call me back uh, with the results? How will I know? And then what are we expecting to learn from those results? That gives you an opportunity to participate in your own health care. And when you participate so in your own health care, it impacts compliance. You're more likely, you know, we, we, we're in this time and culture with, with medical apartheid and you know, where we've just not trusted the systems for so long, mm-hmm. and, and, and rightly so. But I think if we can engage now our providers, engage our, our physicians, and, and ask questions, find out what what will this test tell me? And then what are my treatment options? You know, maybe if I want to go more natural, then, you know, let's talk about that. So participate. Please don't let the provider, the doctor, be more interested in your health care than you are. Mm-hmm. That's so good. That's so good, Dr. Lillian. That is so good. Especially because I feel like sometimes either there's a lack of trust with doctors or there's too much trust, mm-hmm. right? Like, so I feel like sometimes they don't ask any questions and they want you to basically tell them everything. And we may miss something because we're practicing medicine and we're all humans and we make mistakes. And that's why I wanted to start this platform so that you know even what questions to ask. Sometimes you just don't know the questions that you're supposed to ask, right? So, you know, I have people thinking it's normal for your face to swell, your hands to swell, your feet to swell. But we all know that that may be a complication of preeclampsia or that may be, you know, a complication of hypertension. So sometimes you just don't know what to ask. And so I think I love what you said, just saying, have a safe place to feel like any question that you have should be able to be answered. And if you don't get the right answer, don't feel bad with going asking someone else if you're not getting the answer that you, you know, that you need. One of the other things that I think we fall short of is, oh, if I don't call you, that means everything is okay. You know, sometimes you just need to call people to let them know everything is okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. that is true. That's very true. And that, and, yeah. and expect that you, you're, you're due that opportunity to have that, to have the answer. You, you've taken the time to get your blood drawn. You've taken the time to fast with the ultrasound. Then you, you deserve to know the results. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, good. That's really good. I really agree with that. Um, so another question I have for you ladies is maybe an example or issue of a personal experience with one of your patients that really sticks out to you in your memory. Now, this can be good or bad, but something that really in your professional experience that really sticks out to you. I can give you my one to maybe jog your memory so I can start uh, to hopefully help facilitate the, the discussion. So one thing I remember and 
working with OB patients or just in general women's health patients is I had a woman who um, really thought that it was normal to not have a sex drive. Now, this is not really dealing with um, OB, but it kind of is because she really didn't think, she thought it was normal to not have a sex drive, So, but she wanted to have a baby. So I had to kind of tell her, in order to have a baby, you have to have sex, right? Like that's kind of mm-hmm. one of the things that you got to do in order to have a baby. But one thing that stuck out to me is that what I didn't realize is that it was multi-layered. And so what she taught me in that conversation is we have to learn how to ask the right questions. Um, because I think sometimes when people make the doctor's appointments, they might say, I'm having trouble getting pregnant. But we have to learn how to ask the right questions. Something simple as, well, how often are you having sex? Well, do you have the desire to have sex? Because then those are some things that we need to look into. And so for this patient specifically, she ended up having a thyroid issue that was really affecting her libido. So we, you know, we finally got that under control and she was able to you know, get her thyroid um, in normal and then be able to want to have sex, to have sex, to have a baby. So that's one example that sticks out to me. Um, Do you ladies have any examples, Dr. Lillian? Well, you know, uh, I always encourage my colleagues in the setting that I'm in, I've been, you know, the first, but I always want to make sure that uh, the obstetricians that I work with, when they work with African-American women, that they believe their pain. I think sometimes, you know, we're looked upon as strong, women and um, you know just capable of doing so much and so they may not be as in tune you know I've I've been really startled by the maternal mortality rate among African-American women and one of the things that we see the most of is hypertension and pregnancy preeclampsia and and, and I've just been wondering why that is Uh, particularly during this time COVID has unmasked so much comorbidity and disease and our, our rates of, of infection and death is so significantly higher, just disproportionately to other groups. But, you know, just, you know, just take the time. That's why I just challenge and encourage ladies to just, you know, ask questions, take the time because, you know, the hypertension is real and make sure you are, you know, getting seen and following up and, you know, letting, participating. And if you're asked to take Um, your blood pressure at home, take your blood pressure at home and manage your stress and, you know, walk and do some things like that. You know, I, I, I have so many stories, Robin, but what, what really is, 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 is a real concern for me now is getting underneath this maternal mortality as it relates to black women. There are literally black women now that are afraid to have babies. Uh, I know it's so sad. And the news, I don't think the news helps Dr. Lillian. I think there's I mean, I know the news is trying to bring it to like the forefront, but you're almost scared to like go in the labor and delivery yeah. room. So how do we rebuild rebuild that trust? Well, one of the right? things and, that is and, happening in a lot of these cases is 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 preeclampsia and postpartum hypertension and postpartum hemorrhage. Um, you know, and mm-hmm, so we just mm-hmm. have to. I don't know. I I I I'm I'm, I'm making sure that the providers that I work with, that they are paying attention to the pain, that they're paying attention to the blood pressure, blood pressure and not sending ladies home sooner than what they should without really knowing and being assured that the blood pressure that they have is just not, a, you know, just one moment in time, normal, but, it, but that it's stable. And so that's, 
that's right. kind of the concern that I have. And if we can really develop trust again, we're going to have to make sure that we're really, really committed to listening to the patients and, and letting the patients drive, uh, you know, what they feel comfortable with, what they don't feel comfortable with. When their body feels normal and when their body doesn't feel normal, we have to listen. That's so and good. I, Jane, we have to listen. You, you that, That's why I like the midwifery experience because they take the time to listen to the patient and just not rush mm-hmm. through the process. And I think that, you know, the outcomes are different. You know, it may be that the patients are lower risk, but you know, they all start out lower risk <laughs> from the beginning. Right. But uh, that's just my thing. And I'm really, really, um, I'm really sensitive to that and really doing everything I can within my spirit to make sure the providers that I work with are very, very sensitive to listening to the patient and paying attention and dotting your eyes and crossing your T's as it relates to African-American women and, you know, their issues and their fears concerning childbirth. That's good. I love that. Listen, listen to the patient, listen to their needs, listen to their whatever they present, just be there to listen and not rush them off. That's so good, Dr. Lillian. Thank you for that. Jaysha, what about you? Do you have a certain experience or yeah that was so good like listen to the patients that's one thing that I would definitely agree upon and it's it's really needed and I feel like it would help so much with this maternal mortality honestly it seems very simple but Mm -hmm. it's like it's not being really done so but um to piggyback off of that one focus that um I like to focus on is the postpartum period um, Mm -hmm. because I have in my experience dealt with a lot of women as black women who have had postpartum depression but didn't know it was that because it didn't sound like what the textbooks say like feeling really sad or you know but it was like um, I can't really focus and I keep trying to do all this other stuff and I'm Mm -hmm. you know because as, as black women sometimes it's like after you have a baby you just try to jump back into your regular life and then, and then um, it's masked, kind of. So I guess I've been yeah. in experience with that a lot. So um, as a lot of people know, we just started getting postpartum visits to be at two weeks and not just at six. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like it's, it's another um, thing that we have to, you know, get a little bit better on just because it's like everybody's like, oh, you have your baby and your baby shower. And then it's like, okay, well, that's it. Um, but then it's like this whole period where the mom is with her baby and she can feel very alone. And I've had a lot of people come to me thinking like, I, I can't do this. So I just feel like um, that's what sticks out to me a lot. And just to remind moms that it's okay to need help. It's okay to not feel your, like yourself afterward and to just, you know, be able to talk to your provider um, if you're not feeling up to yourself and, and knowing that that's okay, you know, that it's not a right. problem to reach out if you need help you know so right, I um, right. I partner with a lot of programs that actually have helped to you know focus on that postpartum period because I feel like that's where a lot of our moms get left behind and also complications arise that they may not seek out help for because they don't know so that's so good that's another that is so good yeah I think that's definitely one of the areas that are missed and then people still don't categorize that period as baby blues like mm-hmm. it's a real thing right like people I think you're so trying to get adjusted with mm-hmm. everything your milk don't come in until two right. weeks you know it's so a really hard time for a lot of moms sometimes right right, right. Yeah. yeah so I definitely agree with that I definitely agree with that um the one last thing I want to talk about before we end this is so much to talk I about. I know. Right? Like, I feel like we could we could have def- a whole 
month of episodes with this and I'll probably definitely have you guys back again but just wanted to give a little taste right just a little taste so that people, I would love so to that come y'all back can, <laughs> so that y'all can come back and get some more but one of the um, things I always like to tie in is my personal story because I believe that was what leveraged and kind of what motivated me to even want to do this podcast because like we talked about earlier is that everything that we go through is for a reason and so one part of my story I don't I I tell little pieces of my story with each podcast to hopefully kind of just you know be able to unload it and unpack it for myself but one part of my story um, with dealing with infertility and pregnancy loss was at a visit. So let me put you in the mindset of and frame the conversation for you. So imagine me, I'm 31 years old at the time. I had just started dating my now husband, Jason. Um, we met during a deployment. And so we were both stationed back in the Maryland area. Uh, we weren't married, but we were talking about marriage, but we got pregnant, right? So we got pregnant before marriage. Um, I know, like, shame on me, whatever, you know. I went through the whole sin bashing, fornication, <laughs> feeling bad about it. But this was the first time I ever was pregnant in my whole entire life. So I spent most of my life, um, I can't say that I didn't wait till I was uh, married to have sex, because I did have sex before marriage. But I, wait, I, I think I took most of my life trying not to get pregnant, right? And so now that I'm with someone that I really love, I definitely saw a future with and I was pregnant imagine I'm at my six week because as most of you know what well, you may not know in the military setting they won't see you until you're about six I don't know if that's the case for I don't know what the rule is but they don't they won't see you till you're about six weeks is that usually the case for you guys I don't know no, we, like no the case no we, we we see you as early particularly it depends on the age but you can be as early as that okay. sure Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was it was a, a six-week visit, and it really wasn't even an OBGYN visit. It was kind of like your intake visit, your OB intake visit, so it's with a nurse, and it's a group visit. So it's all women that basically are, um, they call it centering, I guess, centering where you all come mm-hmm. in, you're all at the same week, they're giving all the information at once because it's really generalized. You know, you're not really getting an ultrasound at this point. You're kind of just going over what labs you need, what to expect. You get the purple book is what we call it in the military where it kind of like lines out all of the things that are going to happen during your pregnancy. So um, Jason was able to join me at this visit and a lot of the um, the fathers to be were at this visit. So because we were stationed in different places, I had kind of mentioned to the nurse, hey, do you think I'll be able to get an ultrasound? Because, you know, um, my partner lives far away. And so I don't know if he'll be able to make visits regularly. So she's like, sure, we'll wait till after the the visit and we'll, we'll get you in um, after we, we've done the intake. And so we're excited because, you know, this will be the first time we actually get to see the baby. If, I want to say we were either six or eight weeks. I can't remember right now to be exact, but we were super excited. So we get in, we're with a midwife. Um, and she's asked the first thing she asked she's like so how you feel and i'm like oh i feel good she's like no nausea i'm like no i don't have any nausea i feel really healthy i'm just excited you know i don't i don't have any morning sickness i'm sleeping okay everything's great and so she's like okay well let's take a look so she does she starts to do the ultrasound and she's just real quiet and she's doing ultrasound and she says well the reason why you feel so great is because you're not pregnant and we're like huh i'm like no you know we're pregnant, got the pregnancy test to prove it, you know, we're, you know, we're pregnant. She's like, well, you probably had a 
you probably had a miscarriage because there's nothing in your there's nothing here there's nothing there's nothing here it shows maybe an empty sack or something like that so you'll probably just go home and start bleeding and cramping over the weekend here's some pads basically go about your way so this experience has marred my wow (laughs) you know um experience this as one uh, a woman right and Mm -hmm. two uh how I talk Mm -hmm. to my patients Mm -hmm. and very uh really frames my conversation on wording and um I don't know if you guys go through this because I mean I've been a nurse for 15 years so I've sat at bedsides of women that have lost loved ones and pregnancies and everything but I had never been in the seat right (laughs) so I'm like what you know I'm gonna cramp and bleed and go home and that's okay so what would you guys have done in this experience or what tools or what can you say about that experience in my life um that you may have encountered during your practice or words of advice that you would have for practitioners uh like yourself on uh word choice maybe or even just guidance Uh, Jaysha, what would you have to say? Sure. So one thing I've always, um, when I have students with me, because we're able to do, you know, dating ultrasounds. So sometimes the students will be like, they'll go and be like, oh, congratulations. Like, you know, I always say you don't do that because you you never know. Maybe the woman didn't want to be pregnant or like you just never know people's story. So that's just one thing that you really don't do. Like how she said, how are you feeling? I I agree with that. But it's just it it was just the way how kind of how she said it to you. It was it just seemed like not very sympathetic or um, just like, oh, well, that's why you're feeling so great. Like what? Like that just made like made me cringe. But um, one of the things I like to like, you know, you just want to explain to your patient. So. You know, this is this is may would have happened sometimes, you know, the baby doesn't form, you know, may not form all the way or or I would just give I, I usually have a, a long talk just why this could have happened and that it's it's not uncommon um, and just give light, you know, and just explain what will happen um, when they go home and make sure that you feel comfortable, you have any questions and just try to take my time with, you know, explaining it because it can be, I mean, a lot of it's, it's very sad and, you know, so I just always try to explain maybe and and also the main thing I try to tell them is that you didn't do anything wrong you know because a lot of women feel like oh well I could have did something better or what should I have done so just like I guess taking the time to listen to their concern um explaining what actually may have happened explaining what you may experience um ask them if they would like to come in for a follow-up like just being I guess more sympathetic because at that experience I would just be like what like you would just never want to come back you know right and so I just feel like um it could have been done a totally different way you know yeah right I agree what about you Dr. well you know what I just think the whole thing with her is that she just lacked compassion um, yes. You know, and, and, and here's a time you're you're a young woman, you're excited. This is the first pregnancy for you. I think she should have done a little a lot more in terms of explaining what a blithoma is uh-huh. and, and, and what may have happened with, you know, menstrual aggression. You know, the possibilities it could have been this, it could mm-hmm, have been that. Mm-hmm. That alleviates your burden from thinking you've be, done something wrong. Maybe pictures. Right. I, I I probably would have offered. You know what? Here's our number. When you go home, you know we we, mm-hmm. we don't usually put you in the hospital for this process. So 
you know, maybe you can just, you know, if you if you go home, stop and get some pads. There may be more cramping. There may be a little bit more bleeding. If there's if there, if you feel a need to take something for cramping, maybe take some Tylenol or some ibuprofen. But here's my number. Call me. Here's when you need to call me. You need to call me if the bleeding persists, if it's heavier than normal. You need to call me if the pain persists. Right. Mm-hmm. You need to call me if it just if it mm-hmm. just doesn't feel right. And so you know, let us know. We're here for you. Uh, the main thing you need to know is that all the studies show that your subsequent pregnancies will be just fine. And you know, this one mm-hmm. that made us some some yeah, is confidence, some confidence, yeah, and, let, and yeah. let, let the patient know it's not your fault. This happens from time yeah. to time. It may be genetics. Sometimes it's nature's way of ridding the babies that may have not been, you know, healthy babies. But you know, your mm-hmm. subsequent pregnancies just means your tubes are open, means the plumbing works, and so expect right. the next subsequent right. pregnancy right. going to do well. That's kind of what compassion you know may have made a difference in that and i think that that experience really definitely could have been handled a lot differently right and we all i'm sure we all can go through our our rolodex of situations that we could have handled differently too with our patients so um i can chalk it up now looking in retrospect that hey maybe she was having an off day you know like i said she was doing me a favor by you know seeing me at that time but one thing that i hold true is no matter how tired i am no matter if i got to get home to my kids i always try to give my patients the best of me because they deserve that they deserve that no matter what and so um that you know her 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 subsequent um reaction has made me a better provider because i'm always very cognizant of my the way i talk to patients and trying to really know their story i may not know all their story but just even little history like is this your first pregnancy or how do you feel you know just those little questions that don't take a lot of time can really give you insight on guiding your conversation with your interviews with your patients you know, and so, I, I think both of you guys have definitely you know, and, I, and, and uh-huh. I don't know if that were the case or not but sometimes you know sometimes interracial situations can be very very different difficult too it could be that true. that's true yeah. she was white you know, and then she was a white lady some personal fear <laughs> yeah, she, she may have but that's an opportunity to work with the spouse to work with the dad um, let him know give mm-hmm. him some special attention during that time so that he can better support you that's why it's so important for us to see ourselves in these roles in these positions because you know we know what what some of those barriers are and some of the fact the reason why we don't trust systems is because you know we've been betrayed Mm -hmm. through the years and you know used in in testing that we may have not consented to so I, i just think that you know you need more providers that look like you so that you could there's a a the connection mm-hmm. you can relate to a lot better readily and you know factor all of the other biases away from that experience I definitely agree on that and that's why we're here today ladies because we are developing platforms where women that look like us can feel comfortable with sharing their stories and knowing that they have a trusted body a trusted person to help guide them through their women's health journey um, if it's to motherhood, if it's to menopause, if it's to, you know, just uh, just knowing our bodies. So uh, I would just want to thank you guys for taking the time and coming on Dr. Robin White's podcast uh, and shedding some light on some topics. I will definitely have you guys back because I feel like we just 
tip the iceberg of some good conversation. Yes. Um, but but I just want to say thank you so much for joining me today. And um, I wanted to give you guys an opportunity, just maybe one or two minutes, to shout out your organization, shout out your um, own uh, sites or your own missions that you want um, us to share on a podcast. Because I'm all about connecting people and. And we all, if I if I win, you win. So let's let's share information. So, Jaysha, would you want to take a couple minutes to tell us about um, She Burst with Finn? Yeah, sure. So, um, as uh, Miss Robin mentioned before, um, my organization is called She Burst from We She Burst from Within, and I started it because um, as a young woman, I feel like. I went through a kind of a journey of just growing and developing as a person and learning just the power that I had within like within myself and that kind of it just kind of went into what I do as a midwife because when I started it wasn't even didn't even start as far as birth like because it was I had the idea before I became a midwife but it all just went in together and it just like we birth you know I help women to birth their babies but I also want to help women and other people birth their dreams your aspirations like because it's a lot of times we don't know the power we have inside of us and this is one quote that I really love it's like you've always had the power my dear and you just had to learn it for yourself so that's one of the things that I'm really passionate about so um I teach childbirth education classes. Um, I'm also a personal growth coach. So I like to help people just to become inspired. Like if it's something you want to do, but you're just kind of stuck. I love doing that. And I also do birth coaching, um, helping moms who may be experiencing anxiety around birth. So um, you can go on my website. It's www.shebirthsfromwithin.com if you're interested in that. And as Miss Robin mentioned, I'd also have a podcast. It's called Birthish. Um, you can check that out. We're on Apple, Spotify, um, and we kind of doing the same thing. And um, women come on there and share their birth stories. So definitely, Miss Robin's going to be on my podcast. So listen out for that. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, I would love that. I would love that. Thank you, Jaysha. So and what about oh, you, Doctor Lillian? Well, you know, I'm thank here you, in, thank you. in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, we built probably about two years ago. My husband, before he passed, we built the Marvin Williams Community Center. Marvin Williams is a NBA basketball player who is from Bremerton, uh, locally won a national championship uh, with North Carolina and played for the Atlanta Hawks and just recently with the Milwaukee Bucks. And so the, the center is named after him. And it's a community center where we have a full gymnasium teaching kitchen and we do uh, tutoring, uh, after school tutoring. We have a STEM project where we partner with uh, the city of Bremerton and Paladin Data Supply and provide computer services and teach kids how to make games and apps at our facility. And we also, uh, I'm most proudest of the community health education program that I've implemented. Each month prior to COVID, we would bring in a healthcare provider to talk to the community about diseases that plague them. Of course, during February, we had heart health, we had diabetes health, we had colon health, we had prostate health, we had breast health. So we bring in providers and um, specialists that would talk to the community about things that plagued them. We had the pulmonologist to come in and bring in COPD equipment. And, and we had um, Fred Hutch Consortium to bring in uh, an inflatable colon in our gymnasium where we walk through and see polyps and all oh, wow. So we, That's you know, cool. during Breast Cancer Month, we had Susan B. Coleman 
campus yeah, that's really and we brought good. the mammography truck to mm-hmm. our campus and women were able to walk up and get mammograms so we've been doing that in addition to that wow. we have a uh, a chef and a teaching kitchen where we teach people how to eat based on the disease they have so i'm really excited mm. about that uh, we have some partnerships, some corporate partnerships that I'm actively working with and doing some things to make sure now we're doing a lot of things, having healing conversations virtually on Zoom and on platforms just to make sure people know and understand how to manage disease during COVID um, and some healthy tips that we can offer them to deal with inflammation, uh, you know, preparing their bodies for childbirth, uh, weight maintaining maintenance, um, you know, that kind of thing. And just eating vegan versus intermittent fasting. So we talk about all different that mm, are necessary yeah, to keep yeah. us well as a community. So I'm really excited about that. So it's a Marvin Williams Center, uh, Bremerton. If you get a few moments, can look that up online. We'd love to have you visit us and, and share some comments and spread the word. Thanks, Robin, for having me today. Awesome. Awesome. No worries. And I'm definitely coming go. back to work there one day. So. <laughs> Save me a spot. Save you. me a spot. <laughs> well, ladies. <laughs> awesome. Well, ladies, this was an amazing conversation. I'm so excited that you are one of my first guests on the podcast. And I know that you won't be my last. And I thank you for just sowing the seed of time because time is priceless. I believe that. So I just want to end in prayer. So, Father God, I thank you that these women, Lord God, that you have brought in this conversation, that you will bless them tenfold, God. And whatever they do, that it will grow exponentially, Lord God. I thank you for the power that every person that is listening to this podcast, they will leave this podcast feeling fulfilled, Lord God, that every nugget that was dropped, that it will just be a seed planted in the ground and that it will grow and it will help one person, which will help another person, Lord. And I thank you, Lord God, that this is how we change. This is what transformation looks like. It begins with a conversation. So I thank you that no weapon formed against these women, this platform shall prosper. And I thank you that everything that we touch, it will succeed, God, because you are in it. So continue to order our steps today, God, and allow each person that is that is in the sound of my voice to be blessed on today because you are the reason why we are here we woke up because of you so we thank you for this light we thank you for this journey and we ask that we will continue to grow in jesus name we pray Amen. amen amen well all right ladies thank you thank you again for joining dr robin white's podcast and until we meet again thank you for having be blessed blessed. thank you (laughs) nice meeting you too dr lily (laughs) bye Thank you for joining my podcast with Dr. Robin White. I hope you were able to get some simple, impactful health solutions so now you can go out and be the whole woman God has called you to be. See you next time. Heal the woman, heal the world with Dr. Robin White's podcast.